In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one calling in the desert, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all of Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptised by him in the Jordan River. So we're thinking this morning about expectation and anticipation. Uh, Those things that we anticipate, we look forward to, we have an expectancy of how they're going to be. Sometimes we look forward to something for a very long time, and when when it comes round, it's not quite as exciting as we thought it might be. Other times, uh, something does really deliver an excitement that we think it's going to be good and it is good or maybe even better than we thought it was going to be and sometimes you have those times where you're anticipating something for so long you're really waiting for it and when it happens you absolutely love it and you feel really flat afterwards I get that around about the second Monday in every July it's called the post Wimbledon blues Um, on that Monday when Wimbledon's over and you've got to wait another year before it's back again Uh, but we have those times where we anticipate something and we're excited for something Something. Now, I want us to, to think about that in the context of this passage uh, this morning, this passage of John the Baptist. It always seems a bit unusual in Advent that we, you know, we're getting ready to think about the birth of Jesus, but we fast-forwarded uh, through the Gospel story uh, to just before his baptism. Uh, and it's a key message for us. Um, I just need uh, someone to come and help me. Um, Isaac, you happy to come and help me? Just, just look, all I need you to do is look at something, okay? That's all it is. So just come here, because I've got a box here. And this box has something in it, something in it that hopefully you're going to like, okay? And I'm not going to show you what it is yet, because I want to create a sense of anticipation and expectation. It's it's all glittery and shiny, it's really exciting. I'm going to show you what's in it, is that all right? Come come here for me. I want to make sure that no one else sees, just have a little peek in there, yeah? I just want you to show that what's in here is good, isn't it? It's a good thing. People are going to like what's in here, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah? So you're going to like what's in my little John the Baptist here has told you in advance. You're going to like what's in this box. Okay? You are going to like it. He's foreseen what's in it, and you're going to like it. All right? You can take a seat for now. That's good. And one thing I'll say is one thing, there's one thing in this box that when I set it up, I wasn't expecting to see um, because of things I'd heard in the news. Um, but I, there's something in here I wasn't expecting to see. So I was really pleased to see that when I got it all ready, it was there. More about that a little bit later. Because here we have this sense of expectation, this sense of longing and looking forward to something. And that's what John the Baptist is, is raising up in the people uh, of Israel here as he's talking about the promised Messiah has come, that he is here. And I don't think, I really don't think we can underestimate just how excited many of those first Jews would have been to hear those words uttered from John's mouth. Because for generations, this had been promised. For generations, people had been looking forward to that promise being fulfilled. And we're talking hundreds and hundreds of years of people passing on the story of God and his people and passing on the story of this covenant, this promise from God that he would one day send somebody to save us all. And they'd been waiting 
and praying and hoping. Some had lost the hope and wandered away. Some had uh, been praying for it earnestly. And there were others who were there at the time who were trying to take matters into their own hands. And Jesus had a bit of an issue with them and the way they were trying to do that. They were trying to usher in this, this thing and make it happen in their own way, in very religious ways. And Jesus goes on, or oh, well, John the Baptist has some very big words to say to them about actually just trusting God knows what he's doing. And the time has come. Can you imagine being one of those, first, those Jews in that time And your parents and your grandparents and your great-grandparents had told you the story that one day a Messiah would come. And there you are, stood in front of this prophet who's saying it's going to happen in your time. Can you imagine that feeling? Even begin to imagine the anticipation, the expectation, the excitement that would build up within you that it's happening in your time. Take a seat. So there were some there at the time uh, who were struggling with what John the Baptist was saying. That they had certain expectations of what they were going to find when this Messiah came. Certain expectations of what he'd be like. And the kind of thing that John the Baptist was explaining didn't seem to fit with their expectations. They were kind of saying, well actually no, he's not going to come until we get this sorted. Till we get our lives sorted. They, they felt certain things had to happen before he would come. And so they became very religious about that. And, and sadly, they're, they're, unless they made the choice of uh, the offer that John the Baptist was giving of being baptized baptized for repentance and seeing that the Messiah had come, their eyes would remain closed. But there were others who were so excited by what John the Baptist was saying. It's finally happening in our time. I don't know if any of you have been watching uh, The Chosen when it is, uh, if any of you found The Chosen, but uh, there's this beautiful scene in that where Andrew is one of the first people to discover Jesus and he runs to his brother and says, he's here. The one we've been waiting for is here. And the sheer excitement in his eyes and in his face is what many would have been feeling and John John the Baptist had foreseen Jesus he knew that what was coming was good he knew that who was coming was good and that he was going to do good and be good because he knew that who was coming is God And so his anticipation and his excitement probably spilled over to those around him who had been waiting for generations to see what was going to be revealed. And for some he met expectations, for some he far exceeded expectations. Some were disappointed by what they saw. But for those who knew, for those who trusted, for those who believed... He did not disappoint. I have here a lot of celebrations. <laughs> and when I say that there was something in here that I wasn't expecting to see because of what I'd read in the news. And this is what it would have been like for some of the Pharisees there at the time. They'd heard hearsay around this person who might be wandering around. They'd heard hearsay about this crazy John the Baptist guy who was eating locusts and honey, and they were thinking, well, how can he possibly be telling the truth? I am pleased to say that the bounty is alive and well in this box of celebrations. (laughs) Despite what you've seen in the news about them not being there, they are still there this Christmas. Um, Anyway, now you know what to expect. 
how much more should we be anticipating the return of Jesus than those who anticipated his first coming? Because we have seen and we know. Now, in many ways, they didn't really know what to expect. They knew what would come would be good, but they didn't know what to expect until they met him. And when they met him, they knew. Our eyes have seen the king. And we know. So how much more should there be a sense of anticipation and expectation in us for what's to come than there was in those first believers? How much more expectation? If you just try to begin to imagine how much expectancy they would have had, how much more should we have? Because we know that what he promises is good. We know that he will deliver on his promise. We know his promise will come good. Yet there's a lot of people saying, are we living in the end times at the moment? And people have said that for generations. And I don't know whether we are or not. But whether we are or not, our expectancy should be the same. Because our expectancy is not based on a what, an if, a when, or a how, but on a who. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Our expectancy, our anticipation is on him. Whenever, however, wherever. Yes, we need to be aware of the signs and the times. Yes, we need to look for his coming. Yes, we anticipate that coming. All our liturgy tells us that. But the focus is on the who. And we know that what he has for us is good. So how much more should we be expectant? I don't know about you, but I found this Advent, my anticipation is growing for that day. And one of the most ancient prayers of our church is, come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. And there have been times in the past when I've said, oh, come Lord Jesus, but I want to do this first. I want to see this first. Oh, I'd love to be involved in this first. Then you can come. But no. Come, Lord Jesus. I'm anticipating that what you have is good. As I said a few months ago when we were talking about Revelation, that the original name for the book of Revelation was the book of the Apocalypse. Our understanding of that word is very wrong. The literal translation of Apocalypse is an unveiling and revealing. The return of Jesus is not the destruction of this world. It's the revealing of a new one. A new heaven and a new earth for which we should be excited and expectant and anticipating joyfully. We're not having communion today, but if we were having communion today, the prayer after communion says these words. Father in heaven, who sent your son to redeem the world, who will send him again to be our judge, give us grace so to imitate him in the humility and purity of his first coming, that, get ready for this, when he comes again, we may be ready to greet him with joyful love and firm faith. What a prayer. That when he comes again, we may be ready to greet him with joyful love and firm faith. That happens 
Because we know him. Because we know him. We know what to expect. We know who to expect. And our expectancy is not in a what, a when, a where, a how, but in a who. And his name is? Jesus. Try again. His name is? Jesus. There's no greater name. There's no more powerful word that could pass your lips. There's no one better to put your hope and expectancy in. We know he won't disappoint. We know he won't. And some may not expect to see him. But he will do what he's promised he will do. Because he's the promise maker and the promise keeper. And we know that because he came the first time. And he will come again. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus.